Well, it's good to be in God's house. I really love to be in God's house. And uh, when Pastor Abdi called me, or texted me and said, hey, want to share? I thought, oh my gosh, I have all these trips. And then the Lord reminded me that we're not here to put on a show. This is not a performance. You don't have to rehearse or put on all the bells and whistles and videos. And This is not a performance. This is good spiritual food that is all right here already. I tried to mix it up and make it taste good. So when we have our delicious meal, or I present the delicious meal, all the ingredients come from the Lord. I, I'm trusting that uh, my life verse, which is found in Hebrews, it says, let us consider how we can spur one another on to love and good works. That's my life verse. And so um, that's what I'm going to try to do this morning is, uh, is share God's word so that we can be stirred up to love and good works. We're going to talk about being bold this morning. I'm excited uh, about sharing about being bold. I want you to know that I'm not going to talk about doing special marches or being obnoxious or being loud. That's not what bold I'm talking about. I'm talking about being courageous. I'm talking about being confident. I'm talking about stepping forward in whatever God wants you to do boldly because you know that you know that you know that this is who you are and this is what God wants you to do and there's no doubt you're just bold. It has nothing to do with being loud or out there. <laughs> it's just a, a confidence. And so um, the scripture that's there on the uh, screen uh, is, therefore, since we have such a hope, and we're going to unpack what kind of hope is this, you know, because this is something that Paul wrote, him and Timothy, he said, we have such a hope that we are very bold. So we're going to unpack this hope in 2 Corinthians, and we're going to be talking about being bold in position, understanding who we are, and aligning ourselves with who God says that we are. And we're going to be we're talking about bold in prayer, a confidence and trust to go before our loving Father, a confidence like never before. I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to gain confidence and trust. We're not going to go before a Father kind of like timidly. Obviously, we're reverent, but we're not going to go before the Father with timidity of heart because he's the one that beckoned us. He's the one that called us there. So... We're going to go confidently because the Father says, come boldly into my throne. So there is no understanding God's will unless there's purity of our hearts. And that's when you're going to have boldness in prayer. So our, our purity of heart, our holiness, which is not a very popular word. And we're not preaching about holiness very much these days. But holiness is very important in order to know what God's will is so that when you pray in his will, you know you have what you've asked for. So, and the last one we're going to talk about is a bold proclamation of Jesus Christ. These are times where the Lord is stirring up his body because big time revival is about to come because the Lord is coming soon. I'm talking about millions and billions of people are going to surrender to Jesus. It, it's, you can hear, you can see the cloud. I, and I don't know if you're feeling that, but I'm feeling that. And 
many people who are, you know, prophesying, even our own uh, Oral Roberts before he passed away in 2009 said, um, alumni, you must unite and ignite and burn hot because revival is coming. And that wasn't really, it was kept under wraps. It was written down and it wasn't shared until 2016. This lady who received this word from President or Chancellor Roberts kind of held on to it until she was able to share it in the way he wanted it shared. And so here it is, 2016. He said, revival's coming and with millions and billions. So we're about to proclaim fearlessly and share our testimony about Jesus that he's coming soon. The Bible says in Proverbs 28 that the righteous are as bold as a lion. And a lion, when he does roar, it's pretty big. I saw a lady with a roar shirt. I said, I really like your roar shirt. Because <laughs> the, the Lord says in Proverbs 28 that we are as bold as a lion. The wicked, they, they're afraid. It says the wicked flee, though no one pursues them, because um, they're anxious in their minds. So they're, they're running away when there's nobody pursuing them. But the righteous, the ones that are in right standing with God, we're bold as a lion. So let's pray that God would help us to really uh, be able to absorb all the nutrients of this meal and become stronger because of it. Obviously, I don't know if you're a cook, but obviously when you're cooking, you always feel like there's... Gosh, I could have put a little bit more this season, <laughs> but I'm going to pray that whatever's been prepared as our meal for today, that it would be um, well received into our spirit being and that we could absorb every nutrient and then that it would kind of come out in greater strength and energy in, in our walk with the Lord. Father, I just am grateful that you choose um, weak vessels. It just shows how much you love us, Lord. And I submit myself, Father, as the person presenting your word today. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be ready to receive it, that you would help us to apply it where in our life we need to apply this word. And Father God, that we'd walk away strengthened and that we would have boldness in our heart, starting with a boldness of love. Father, for you and for each other and for this lost world. Father, I just thank you that your word is alive. It's not just words on this page. It's alive and it goes into our being and it changes us, Lord. It transforms us. And so we thank you and we pray for that transformation this morning. And I pray, Father, that you would just bless this time together in Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. Amen. As I was sharing, this boldness is not a, um, a loud thing. But if we look at the verse in Isaiah 30, it says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust or confidence in the New King James and other versions is your strength. Now, when Isaiah was, re was telling this to the Israelites, they wouldn't have it. It's not like boldness comes automatically. You know, you can resist the Lord if you don't want to, obviously, trust God, be quiet in his presence, and receive that kind of confidence. You can resist. You said, these people did, but you would not have it, none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses. 
in our own strength. Therefore you will flee. You said, we will ride on swift horses. Therefore your pursuers will be swift. So we want to, we want to surrender our wills in quietness. We want to let the Lord work on us so that, so that we can gain his, this boldness. So let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 3. So I'd like to read some in 2 Corinthians 3. Like I said, Paul wrote this letter with Timothy. And I think we're going to start at verse uh, 4. Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are competent to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant, not, a, not the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Now, if this ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, he's talking about the law, about Moses' and the law. If this ministry engraved in letters on stone came with glory, there was thunder. There was a shining face on Moses. There was, there was glory with this ministry of the law that was given to um, the Israelites. If this ministry engraved in, in letters on stone came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily on the face of Moses because, it's, because of its glory, Fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious if the ministry that condemns men, it was all these laws, 600 plus laws that really were condemning. It taught us, taught the, the Israelites how to live, but it was condemning. If the ministry that brings, um, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory which, which lasts, doesn't fade away. Bold colors in this glory. Therefore, since we have such a hope, a hope that this new covenant doesn't fade a hope that the Holy Spirit resides in us. A new covenant. What, it, it's so glorious that therefore um, we are very bold. And he goes on to say that Moses had to veil his face. But now with unveiled, he, he takes the veil off. And, and we can, um, and we can uh, have this type of a glorious encounter. Um, verse 15, even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Spirit, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty awesome. That's an awesome scripture. It says, because it says all. When God says all, it is all. There's no one missing. And there's pretty some intense verses that I'm going to be reading. 
But um, because you can hardly believe that you're going to say to yourself, yes, I am reflecting the Lord's glory. Considering the glory that was on Moses' face, it was shining. And the word of God says that we reflect his glory. So you just say that to yourself when you don't feel like you're reflecting too well. You know, like, like that scripture in Isaiah that says, in repentance, I feel like I'm repenting all the time. You know, <laughs> but when you have, when the Lord shows you, hey, that wasn't such a loving attitude, Gene. Repent. Repent, said, you're right, Lord. That wasn't so, such a quite loving attitude. You know, even when it never shows outwardly, you know what your heart's doing. You know what your mind is doing. So when the Lord says, hey, that wasn't so kind, or hey, that was a little on the selfish side, you repent right away, and that quiet, and your repentance is your salvation, and your quiet um, uh, confidence, that's going to be your boldness. That's going to be your strength. So that's really a kind of important. So I'm, I'm jumping to the purity part. But anyway, um, it says, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It's not only that we receive the glory of God when we surrender our lives, but it says it's ever-increasing. That is just awesome. And so um, I'm grateful. And that is what takes us to a boldness of, of loving, of serving, of a, a, a passionate uh, love for the Lord. So, um, we, we can have this type of a, of a boldness when we um, know who we are. talking about our position. I think I would need like a whole big table. <laughs> My husband says I'm a really messy cook. So I, you know, I, I, this analogy of, okay, Jean, you're, you're just preparing a meal here. And man, when I cook, it's, it's all over. I feel like that's where I'm doing this morning. <laughs> and when you're cooking fast, you don't necessarily put all your ingredients away and clean up after yourself. At least I'm that kind of a cook. So um, you come into the kitchen, you feel like, oh, my gosh, what happened? <laughs> I feel the same way. Anyway, um, this hope um, leads to boldness when we understand our position in Christ. Oh, my, they're bringing me more, more counter space. As we read, this new covenant, we'll look at verse. Okay. We'll take more counter space. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> no, it's fine. There you go. See, I do. There's the salt. <laughs> um, our position in Christ. You know, when you surrender to Jesus, it's not like, come into my heart. Something radically happens when you surrender to the Lord. When you say, when Jesus said, follow me, um, and, and, 
and you start to follow the Lord and you become a, re a redeemed, it's like you were a slave and you're bought back and now you become a son and a daughter of the Most High God, something really, really radical happens. Um, even when you, I don't know if you rewind the video of your mind and you remember the day that you gave your life to the Lord, the, lay, the day you said, you get to be the boss of me, as my kids would have said. You get to be the boss of me. I'm going to follow you and you accept this sacrifice that Jesus did as the perfect lamb of God. It's exciting. This is the time where we're preparing our hearts for two weeks from now, that is the Passover, which is going to land on the same day as um, Good Friday. Um, we celebrate the Passover too, which is the breaking when Jesus celebrated the Passover. So um, this is the time we're preparing our hearts. We're preparing our hearts for, under, for celebrating the death and the resurrection and what Jesus did when the sin of the entire world, from Adam to the sin, the sickness, and the sorrow, according to Isaiah, the sin, the sickness, and the sorrow, surely he bore my sorrow. By his stripes we were healed. The sin, the sickness, and the sorrow of the entire human race was put upon Jesus, and that curse was broken. He became the curse for me so that I could be alive in him. So he took all this curse for me. And when I say yes to Jesus, it is such a, something so radical happens to my being. I become alive in Christ. Now, when you get that on the inside, when you understand that God says, I will no longer reside in temples made of stone. When Jesus died, that curtain ripped open and God said, come into the holy place. And he says, I'm going to put my spirit inside you. That is just too awesome to consider. That will give you holy boldness to go before the Father. When you start to understand what happened to you? What happened to you? Because we are bodies, we are a soul, your mind and your emotions, and then you're a spirit person. And your spirit person became alive and his Holy Spirit came inside you. And now we have eternal life. Eternal life starts now. Eternal life doesn't start when ETC gave you eternal life. Now we have today eternal life. That is just so awesome. And so when we get that inside our spirits, we become bold in our position. This is what will give you um, an understanding that will take you before the throne of grace with boldness, with confidence, with a great trust of who you are. So we have this new, co this new covenant. Um. I'm going to follow my outline here. And this is a competence that comes from God. Our minds have been softened. The veil has been taken away. We've surrendered, and now we've become a new creation in Christ. Therefore, if anyone is 
in Christ, he is a new creation. All things, everything, the old has passed away and we've become, the new has come. And in Colossians, it says, he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred. It's like when you say yes to Jesus, I'm going to surrender and he, um, and he and his sacrifices applied to your life. He goes like this. He pulls you out of a kingdom of darkness and he transfers you into a kingdom of light. Now you're under new rules. You're not under the dominion of this kingdom of darkness. You are transferred into a kingdom of light. You know, sometimes my daughter, you know, in conversation, she'll say, yeah, but I said, Mimi, you don't understand. They're in a different kingdom. They're blinded and they're in the kingdom of darkness. And we can have even compassion for the lost because they're, they're in blindness and they're in a kingdom of darkness, in the dominion of darkness. And when we surrender to Jesus, he plucks us out. So many times in the Psalms, David said, he pulled me out. Well, as redeemed brothers and sisters in Christ, the Lord transfers into a kingdom of light of, of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. So we have a position in Christ that creates confidence and boldness and trust. So, can I suggest that one of the most important reasons why we gather together here as a body, like the main course, one of the most important reasons why we gather together is to remind ourselves of who we are. To be reminded, we sing about who we are. We talk about, from, from this sacred desk, who we are in Christ um, all the time. And that's one of the main reasons why we gather together is to, to remind ourselves um, of who we are in Christ. Now, um, I've been reading this. Uh, I think that's our next slide. Oh, no. Here's somebody who forgot uh, who he was. Uh, it's, it's kind of a silly uh, comparison, but this is uh, Simba, and I um, forgot whose father's name is, because there's, there's a lot of weirdness in that movie, too. It's not only a circle of life, but, oh, Mufa was it Mufasa? Okay, so Mufasa tells his son when he goes off and he starts not becoming who he is, he says, Simba, you have forgotten me. You kind of make some analogies about the father. You have forgotten me. You have forgotten who you are and so forgotten me. You are more than what you have become. And we allow that. We allow the, the world to press us into his mold. And, but you must take your place. I, I would suggest we take our place as children of God. So you must take your place. Remember who you are. Remember. So I, I, I YouTube that and just reminded me. Remember who you are. So I'm reading this book. I don't think I put the page there. Um, see if I can find it. 
But I'm going to be reading just a couple little, um, a couple little excerpts from this book by Ted Decker, The Forgotten Way. Um, and hopefully I can find what I put there. Uh, I began to see. Let's see where I find. Uh, yeah, here it is. Um, he kind of discovered that he wasn't being who the Lord wanted him to be or something uh, like that. I'm trying to uh, get there. He says, but I began to see that we had simply forgotten and so gone blind to Jesus' core teachings about who we were. He invites us all on a journey of being reborn into new awareness and experience of what he called the kingdom of heaven, which is in our very being. And um, I, quote, I quoted there Luke where um, the Lord says, this is what the kingdom of heaven, Luke 17, 21. Jesus replied, the kingdom of God does not come visibly, nor will people say, here it is, there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Another uh, version says is near you. So the kingdom of God is not something, oh, the Lord is going to come uh, and then we're going to see the kingdom. No, the kingdom of God, Jesus said, is already here. It's, it's within us. So it says, uh, another little portion here, we are his sons and daughters established in his likeness, flowing with more beauty and power than we have thought possible as we align our perception of who we are and our true identity, we are filled with love, joy, and peace. On the contrary, on the next slide, as we forget who we are, we are feel separated, condemned, and we condemn others. To be aligned is to be fully awake to our identity. We might ask, how do I know if I'm aligned? Simply ask yourself this. Am I concerned with how I am seen by others in any regard? Does others' view of my status, my value, my body, my performance in life, my worthiness, or lack thereof, cause me any concern? If so, we aren't seeing ourselves the way our Father sees us, and we are out of alignment in some regard. We are asleep to our, our true identity, which is complete not needing any man's approval on any level. Thus, we, we all get to awaken so that our joy might be full. Again, our journey isn't becoming more than we are. Our journey is not becoming more than we are. The Lord says we are complete in him. So then what is our journey? Because we are already complete. Rather, our journey is to awaken or align with who we already are. We already, we already have the Holy Spirit within. It's, it's somewhat, you know, getting ourselves, our minds, and our, to who we are in Christ. So um, there's one little other, more little piece here. Our experience of life is all about the perception of who we are. We are the light of the world. Jesus didn't say, you will become the light of the world. When he said, we're on, we're, don't hide your light, he says, you are the light of the world. Wow. Of course, he was the light. He says, I am the way, the truth, the light. But he, 
before he started to speak about uh, the Beatitudes, says, you are the light of the world. Don't put yourself under a lampstand. But he called me. He called me the light of the world. Wow, you are the salt. You are the salt. You are the light. And so what we need to do is start saying, okay, great. I am the light. I have light to share. I have, I have, I have salt to spread around. So our experiences are, um, our experience in life is all about the perception of who we are. We are the light of the world, but we cover up that light with other identities and we go blind. We condemn ourselves and others, ensuring that we remain in darkness. The only way we can see and be who we truly are in this life is to let go of our attachments to other identities, to surrender them um, as, we, as we see who we are as God's sons and daughters as we experience his extravagant love for us, our natural experience and expressions of life always lead to staggering kind of love. And lastly, and yet, we forget, don't we? We forget all the time. Almost on a momentary basis, you feel small. You feel sad. You know, a moment, you know, we, we get into these little slumps. Clouds of depression comes on us and clouds of um, you're not good enough, and all these things, sometimes they cloud or we start, you know, feeling like we need to compare ourselves or all these stuff, all these things come into our heads. You feel unworthy or, or whatever comes. So we forget who we are. As, and yet, um, as I've said, life consists of cycles of remembering and forgetting, and I, like you, still forget far too often Every time I get anxious, we worry, we get anxious, or feel like a victim. And that, in that forgetting, my view of eternal life is clouded once more until I remember who I am by surrendering who I am not. So we're in a constant surrendering. I am not this. This is who I am. And how does that come? That comes by the transformation of our minds when we get into God's word. When we get into God's word and we can continuously to renew our minds by this word, it tells us who we are and you forget less. <laughs> you forget less and less of who God said you are. So this position, this position of daughter and son and so many more others. Um, let me see. Um, I think we, I only put a couple there. I, I have pages. I put a lot of spices on the table that I'm not going to be able to put into our meal. But all you need to do is Google who you are in Christ, and so many scriptures will come on. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You, you're, I mean, there's so much that you, you would be having a time of day, but this is the two that I wrote down in our two slides here. I am a child of God, but to all who received him, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become God's children. In John 1, 12, as his son or daughter, I am a co-heir with Christ. That's almost too awesome to 
digest, but we are. <laughs> that's who God says we are, a co-heir with Jesus. So that was, that's what makes you more than a conqueror, that you didn't do any of the battle. You didn't to go to hell and pull keys away from death and hell. You didn't put the, the whole curse upon you. And yet, guess what? We reap all the blessing. All the blessing of Abraham is ours. All this blessing we reap, and we didn't do a thing for us other than to say, yes, I want you, Jesus. I want that that you paid for. That makes me more than a conqueror. Because I get the spoils, and Jesus did it all for me. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> That's awesome. That makes me more than a conqueror. So, as if children, then heirs, namely heirs of God, and also fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so we may also be glorified with him in Romans 8. Um, my temple, I already shared this. Do, not, do you not know that you are God's temple? And that God's spirit lives in you. That's 1 Corinthians 6.19. I am joined to the Lord and am one in spirit with him. Oh my gosh. That's just um, a bit, I mean, that just blows my mind too. The one united with Christ is one in spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6.17. I am complete in Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. It's the in him that's very important. In him we are complete, who is the head of all principality and power in Colossians. Oh, Colossians is full of stuff, full of great, uh, great statements about who you are. But we need to move on to prayer. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, we'll probably cover two uh, courses of our meal today. Because I see we have communion. When you go before the Father in Luke 11, you come as a position of daughter and son. Of course, we go in his name because the Lord made the way. He's the one that ripped, he made entrance into his holy place. And so here's two scriptures where it says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that my Father may be glorified and John 16, 24, until now you have not asked anything. You've asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will be received so that your joy may be full. And in Hebrews, like I mentioned, he tells us to come. Come with confidence. He beckons us to come. So therefore, since we have such a great high priest, Jesus, who has ascended into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. He knows how I'm wired. He knows me in and out. He knows all of our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, boldly, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. That's in Hebrews. Um, and I'll just cover uh, this aspect because it has to do with our prayer. And, um, and it's in Romans. If you go to Romans 12, which is the, the scripture about being transformed by the renewing of our minds, Romans 12.1 says, 
I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy. Let me see if I can. I think in view of God's mercy. Yeah, in the view of God's mercy in Romans 12. There's a slide there somewhere. To offer your bodies. Yes, your body is a very important part of you. And you ought to offer your body in worship to the Lord. Your body is, is a... Is a, is a instrument of worship as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God which is your spiritual worship do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world don't let the world put you into its mold it's so subtle every commercial every you know we watch tv and they're having sex on tv and 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 movies and somehow we think it's okay it's going into your heart and God said, above all things, guard your heart. Above all things. This is God's instruction to you, my brothers and sisters. Above all things, guard it. Because out of there comes the wellspring of life. Guard your heart when you get attacked with, and they're subtle, they're subtle, you know. So, but God says, guard your heart. So it says, don't be squeezed into the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is the most beautiful thing in prayer. Right here. It's the next verse. Then, if you'll do those things, if you'll guard your heart, if you'll use your body as your spiritual worship, if you will read the word and transform your, and keep you know, transforming your mind more towards the Lord, if you'll do these things, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Okay? Now we're going to jump, and this will be with this I'll close, Pastor. I'm so sorry that I get so excited that um, um, I go a little bit too long. So then if we go to 1 John, um, let me just, I go here, it's easier. First John 5.14. I'm going this too far this way. First John 5.14. It says, this is the assurance we have in approaching God. We're confident because we know I'm his daughter. I'm not, I'm confident. My father will give me whatever I want, whatever I need, particularly because I know what his will is, because I'm using my body as spiritual worship, I'm transferring, so I'm approved, I'm, I'm testing, and I'm approving, and I'm going to know his, his will. So this is what happens. This is the assurance we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. And uh, that's boldness in prayer. That's boldness in prayer. That's, that's bold living. It's bold love when I'm using everything about me to love this lost world, to renew my mind because I love the Lord with all my heart, my soul, and my mind. I'm going to be living boldly, not boisterously, but with confidence and trust. And if you don't, if you're not, if you don't know Jesus and you want that transference, we're going we're gonna to ask the Lord for, for that in prayer. 
And if you want to become a son or daughter, if you want to experience that radical something that happens to your life, you don't have to understand it all. We don't, I'm sure that I, I don't know half of the richness of the love of God. But if you want to love in that extravagant way and you don't know him, um, we're going to ask the Lord for that. And, um, and I'm going to ask the Lord for um, that we would start to live that way as well. And most importantly, to understand his extravagant and bold love for us. See, we can't only live this way because he did it first. God's love was so intensely bold that while I was an enemy of God, he gave me his best, his son. And so um, because he did that, I can live like I do with incredible joy and peace because when we understand our identity, those are the byproducts, joy and peace and love. Um, if you go to the last slide there, it says a little summarizing statement. It says, know who you are, then you will be confident in prayer, keep your life clean, and your life will speak boldly of God's love and power. We need the power of God like never before. The world's not going to believe in the power of, of God and the power of his love is not flowing through us.